0: Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 594 of the Juicebox podcast. Today's podcast features Rachel. Her husband has actually been on the show already, but she's the type one. Intriguing, isn't it? While you're listening today, I'd like you to remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box Podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you're looking for the Diabetes Pro Tip series, it begins at episode 210 in your podcast player, or you can find it at juiceboxpodcast.com and diabetesprotip.com. If you're looking for community on Facebook, I suggest you try Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. It's a private Facebook group with over 18,000 people just like you talking about using insulin and living with diabetes. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by Touched by Type 1. Learn more about them at touchedbytype1.org. They're also on Facebook and Instagram. Today's podcast is also sponsored by the Contour Next One blood glucose meter. You can find out more at contournext.com forward slash Use the most accurate meter I've ever held in my hand, Contour Next One.
1: So, my name is Rachel. I am 26 years old. I live in the U.S. and South Carolina. I've been living with Type 1 for seven years now. And my husband has also been on the podcast.
0: He has been. Now, are you ready for the fun story? Sure. So, we met at the Georgia JDRF conference. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that's right. Okay.
0: And then later through emails and everything... We booked Quincy to be on the show, your husband, except for the entirety of the time after the booking, up until a person's voice appeared on the recording, when I was like, hello, and Quincy said, hello, I thought you were Quincy.
1: (laughs) That's hilarious. And what, what do you think that just his name or
0: it was just the name. I just didn't. Rem- I meet a lot of people at those things. Yeah. And so I don't know why Quincy just I was like, oh, Quincy, I mean, you have type one and he doesn't. Right. 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 And and you were very may I say I put words in your mouth. You were really excited to meet me. So, I
1: totally was. You can say that.
0: OK. OK. And so I just kind of thought, well, she must be the one that wants to come on the podcast. <laughs> and Okay.
1: Well, funny side of that story from my perspective is that, so I think you said something about like, oh, it would be interesting to get your perspective, you know, being married to somebody who has type one or whatever. And a lot of guys don't come on the show. And so that's why it made sense. But we walked away from that. And I looked at Quincy and he was like, are you mad that he asked me to come on the show? And I was like, you... Are so ridiculous. He gets. It, it, he's one of those people. Like he can do any sort of game and get it perfect on the first try. Like these things just fall into his lap. And so I was just teasing him the whole time, and he was like, "Don't be mad." Well, it was really funny. If
0: it brings you any comfort, none of that's on purpose from my part. I think people who <laughs> no, listen. No, I didn't think. Yeah, so. I he think people who that. listen long enough realize, like, wow, this doesn't seem at all odd that this happened. So, <laughs> I. Yeah. I so he pops on and you know man's voice and I'm like that's not her and then my brain although it was not smart enough to coordinate the entire thing my brain was quick enough to stop myself from going hey yo you're not a girl like I just I, I just I was like hey and and he, you know I said how are you Quincy and he said good and I went okay well, that's definitely him then
1: <laughs> okay we're going with it that's and
0: funny. I just I pivoted on a dime, and then that's why when I got done, I said, hey, I'd really like to have your wife on at some point.
1: <laughs> I'm here to set the record straight. <laughs>
0: please, please let him find this out listening to this recording. I totally will. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that, because you know it's not going to go up for months. It'll right, be like right. a year after he was on, and yeah. he'll hear this. And by the way, hey, Quincy, what's up? You have a girl's name, <laughs> kind of. I don't know. I. It's not a girl's name, is it?
1: He's heard everything with his name, honestly. It's not that I've ever heard, but people say all sorts of things when they find out his name.
0: Allow me also to say for the 2021 millennial crowd, I know there are no girls and boys' names, and anybody can be named anything. And by the way, my daughter <laughs> is named Arden, and that is um, uh, heavily weighted as a male name. So I'm
1: Really? I had never heard it prior to listening to the show, and I really love it.
0: Thank you. There are not many of them. When we named her, there were... Slightly over nine thousand people named Arden in the country, mm-hmm. and um I think sixty percent of them were men, something That's like hilarious. that uh and just for everybody's context, Quincy was on episode four hundred and ten and it's called best Hug yes, and I don't remember why, but
1: because I think it was because I gave you a hug, and you were like, it seemed like she was hugging me because. I had, like, really impacted her life or she just gave, like, a really
0: good hug. Oh, Something yeah. Like I don't remember why. So, there's – that's interesting, too, for everyone out there. I don't know if you've ever had a woman who's somebody else's wife hug you in public in front of the <laughs> husband. But unless you've got that that cuckold vibe, it feels very strange. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I was, Once he like was totally, he was like, "No, nope, this makes absolute sense." I'm, because I mean, the show really helped both of us. So he was like, "Nah, that's fine." It's
0: very, <laughs> it's very cool, and I'm super happy you're here. And let us not talk of him ever again,
1: kay.
0: unless he comes up in the course of the conversation. Anyway, <laughs> I was just five minutes ago explaining this to my wife. She's downstairs working, and mm-hmm. if you could have saw like the abject disappointment on her face <laughs> that she married a guy who couldn't figure out who's who in a conversation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's okay. Now we get to pretend like it was completely on purpose. And when people listen to this, it'll just be full circle. We'll be like, oh, that that guy's wife. Cool.
0: I looked at Kelly and I was like, listen, this is what it's like being in my head. I find it freeing. Don't <laughs> judge me.
1: <laughs> I love it. I love it.
0: Uh, anyway, I was proud of myself back then for how quickly I was just like, okay. And, and just... Went right with it. And we had a great conversation after that. So
1: yeah, I was really proud of him when I listened to it. I was like, look at you. Well, this this is
0: interesting. What what was it like to hear your husband talk about your diabetes away from you?
1: It was really at first I was nervous. I was like, what is he going to say? And Mm -hmm. (laughs) But then when I listened, it was really sweet, like to hear it from his perspective without me there, like him feeling like he had to say a certain thing, you know?
0: Yeah. No, it so was really, really sweet. You were comforted by it that it wasn't off. Yeah,
1: no, no. It made me laugh, like because both of our perspectives have just changed so drastically, even since we got married. And so, it was cool to hear him talk about the evolution, yeah, of his thoughts around type one and in relation to me.
0: Well, how did your perspective? How has your perspective changed?
1: Oh my goodness, where do I even start? Like, <laughs> I so I was diagnosed at nineteen. Uh, So I was already kind of, you know, a whole person living my life one way prior to getting diagnosed. Um, And it just, the way in which I came to know type one, it was just, I mean, like most people, the hospital just didn't do a great job explaining that you can even be successful with type Mm one. And so the show, when I found it, I had already been so beaten down with like trying my best using hospital methods. Uh, you know, no pre of saying you don't touch your basal rates. You don't do anything yourself. Your endo does it all kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I had been so beaten down because I'm not a person that, you know, just rolls over. Like I had tried really, really hard to like make it work and to have good numbers, but I kept coming up with this frustrating you know, spike with every meal and then a crash later because I had no idea about Mm pre-bolusing. And so I was so tired of diabetes, like when I found the show and someone told me about it and they were like, yeah, this guy, he talks about his daughter's diabetes and how he manages it. And she has like normal A1Cs. And I laughed. I was like, that's not real. (laughs) That's like, and and then almost there was like this anxiety in me because I was like, what if that is real? And what if I've been doing it wrong? Like, what if there's
0: a new way? I'm fascinated by that space in that thought right there. I bring it up, I think, more than I should when I'm talking. But that idea of you've been doing something for so long in one way
1: mm-hmm.
0: and your results aren't great, that changing is almost too painful because then it's some sort of like... like You have broad- to try again. Yeah, well, you have this bright light on what you were doing before and how it wasn't working. Yeah. That part I fascinates me. I, and the yeah. trying again and learning something new, I know how difficult that is because a lot of people tell me uh, yeah. wrapped around diabetes. I actually just yesterday was talking to someone who, uh, who um, I guess, works at Omnipod. I guess I can say that. And yeah. uh, they were talking about some campaigns that they're going to do this year and I they were getting my input about what I thought of them and I said the this exact thing I said I think you're missing that it is incredibly difficult for a person to take something that they feel like they understand even if it's not working as well for them as they want it to at least they Mm -hmm. understand it and ask them to relearn something I was like I think there's much more of a leap in there than you
1: than you think Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. So I, yeah. And it was hard to like relearn what I had already thought was impossible to do. Um, But so when I found the show, that's kind of the mindset that I was in. Like diabetes is impossible. I try and I try. And I pretty much at that point was just, I was on Omnipod. So at least I was on a pump, Mm -hmm. Um, but I was just using you know, test strips. Like I didn't use Dexcom because it was too stressful for me to see the chaos going on when I had no way to control it. Um, I
0: understand that. I didn't
1: understand how to make it better.
0: Yeah, no, I understand that. Well, out of sight, out of mind is better than, hey, hey, look, you're messing it up.
1: Exactly. So like occasional testing to be like, well, yep, still sucks. Cool. And then like moving on, (laughs) you know, was better for me than seeing the Dexcom graph where I was just constantly, you know, woken up by alarms and annoyed by it. And I couldn't do anything to make it different. So the show, I think the very first episode I listened to, I know, I know it was, it was Jen had a pancreatectomy or whatever it is where they removed the pancreas. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I remember that one.
1: Yeah also apologies my dog i can hear her
0: that's fine i mean it's not being eaten by like a coyote or something right
1: no she's just a puppy and really hates being alone uh, we just got her recently so that's been a fun journey
0: yeah starting to make all the mistakes great um
1: <laughs> i know we got a dog um but anyway i listened to that episode and then i was like okay this is interesting Um, and then I found the bold with insulin episode. And of course that's the one where you talk about the methodology just kind of behind all of this. And I was like, what, Hmm. this is a thing. Like I'm going to try this. And so it, it changed my perspective about the ability to like win.
0: Oh, I'm glad. That's amazing. Uh, interesting side note, that episode that you heard first was going to have a completely different and weird title. And Jen, (laughs) Jen stopped me. She's one of the only people that has ever been like, no, you can't name my episode that. And she just she strong armed me and I was like, okay. And I felt like we were married. I was like, I'll do it. I'll fix it. I'm sorry. <laughs> um and to her, I want to say she was right. I had picked something ridiculous. But uh she had a kind of a southern sensibility and it rubbed her the wrong way. That's- and I was like, okay, like I'll don't worry about it. She was so insistent. I I could not have said no she's like well what if we just call it something like what it is and I was like all right well then Listen, after
1: everything she had been through I feel like that makes
0: sense 100% she gets a pass right away crazy story you know Um, but then you found episode 11 so did you go through some sort of social media to make that leap or did you how did you figure that out?
1: I'm trying to remember how I figured, I think I just started scrolling and then, oh, I know what it was. It was where you recapped episodes that were important on the podcast. It's like where you went back. I think it maybe was for the hundredth episode.
0: Oh, I revisited. I listened. Oh, I-, I did basically, that's... um.
1: You talked over old episodes.
0: It's because of my Laserdisc days. I did a director's cut of... uh, Right. We used to watch movies on... You don't know about any of this. You're fairly young. Uh, But (laughs) movies used to come on these record-sized discs called Laserdiscs. And there was so much storage room on them that directors started watching their movies and telling you what they were thinking while they were making them. So instead of the audio from the movie playing, you'd hear the director's cut. You'd hear the director talking. And so for my 100th episode, I listened to Bold with Insulin. And then so you yeah. so you would hear it. I would be listening. And then I would stop and sort of like add addendums to it or like, oh, I didn't realize this. You know, I, like, Here's how I think about it now. You found that one.
1: Yes, I found that one. And you're talking over it, <laughs> to be honest, kind of annoyed me a little bit. I was like, wait, what is the original episode? And so finally, I was like, okay, I'm going back. I'm going back. And I listened to that one. Um And then I started from the very beginning.
0: Being annoying is my signature move.
1: (laughs) I'm sorry. No, no,
0: no. I think uh, I get a lot of really wonderful reviews, but the only one that sticks in my head, so funny and and weird. Like I seriously, they're so touching. I want to just say I read them and I'm like almost brought to tears by many, many of them. But the only one that I can pretty much recite verbatim is I love this podcast and hate that guy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and it just makes me so happy because it means that the information's so valuable right. that even though she, I'm just assuming she really, really, really didn't like me, she had to listen anyway. And by the way, if that person's still listening, I think of you constantly and ha ha ha. Uh, so <laughs> I just
1: think that's what it is. Um, yeah. so, no, but it was just such a new concept. And so you interrupting it was like, wait, no, what was he originally trying to say? And I got gotcha. like, you. Hey, I should just be smart and go listen to the
0: original. Cool. So I tricked you. I got two downloads. Now, um, I have to say, in honesty, you hugged me like we were in a movie. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I was waiting for the camera to, like, pan around so it could get your face and my face and the same thing. And, And there's that moment where... So if you could try to understand that day, I get up early in the morning, I get dressed, I come downstairs, I'm, you know, moving about. I meet Jenny for the very first time in person that day.
1: Yeah, I remember that. That's so cool.
0: And then, you know, I'm up on stage, I think for an hour or so. And then there's Mm -hmm. a very short break and Jenny comes into the room and we do another hour together. And then it turns into a meet and greet, which I don't know, were you in the other rooms, right? For other stuff.
1: I have seen one of your, I think I saw the first talk you did because it was just pulled with insulin. And then we went to one of Jenny's and then we came to the one where you guys talked together. And after that, we came up.
0: Did you do any after me?
1: Mm, I think so because they had Eric Tozer, I think it was. I wish you wouldn't
0: have said his name because I was going to say, do you notice how there's no meet and greets after most of them? (laughs) Um, So that's a weird thing because when I get done, then there's a, Line of people, and I don't
1: remember what was after it. Honestly, I can't remember like what. No, it's is. fine.
0: Eric probably doesn't listen, and he's a nice guy. Don't worry about <laughs> it. He'd be fine with this. We're not talking about him. He understands the flow <laughs> of conversation. Uh, but but my point is only that, like, after a couple of hours of talking, you're mentally exhausted in a way that if you don't do that, you don't realize. And I'm not reciting anything, I'm just going off my head. And then yeah. you start talking to people, and Many of them are trying to tell you how important the podcast is to them. And it's it's tough. Like, it's tough to stay. It's not tough to stay in the moment, but it's tough to remember everything. You stopped it for me. Like, you hugged me and I thought, like, I felt it. Not the hug. I felt like, oh, I I think I maybe have helped this person. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it felt really good. What What's the relief for you? Like, cause you traveled to to be there? Why did you do that?
1: Yeah, that was actually our first type one event ever. Um, and I, I came to it because I heard that you and Jenny were going to be there. Um, and again, like my husband and I were just shifting the way in which we talked about type one together, how we thought about it. We were like, you know what, this would be good to do. Let's go. It's closer. Like, let's go do it. So we came, I guess, to see you guys, you know, and to meet because at that time too, I was, um, and I still am working with Jenny, and so I was going to meet her in person, and I did, and so it was really sweet to like meet both of you that day.
0: Oh, that's cool. Were you yeah. in? Bet- were you there when I did the like? How far people had come, really long distances, to be at that?
1: Yes, one. that was insane. I can't remember the farthest one, but I remember being shocked.
0: Yeah, do you remember thinking, "Wow, it wasn't me"?
1: I don't. I, mean, I don't know. It was just like, wow, people like really care about these things.
0: <laughs> well. That's sweet. I think it was me, but I mean, I.
1: Just, <laughs> it was you. Yes. Right. I mean, I'm yeah.
0: seriously. I think we can go to other JDRF events. And say, how far do people come, and no one's going to say, "Well, we've been driving for." There were people who were driving for like six hours. Like, am I remembering that right? Like, some crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean, everyone we talked to, like just in passing, they were like, "Yeah, we're here for the G podcast." Yeah, like,
0: they were there for Jenny. They were just trying to make me feel better. I
1: think. I don't know. I don't know. It was. It was funny. They're like, no, we're juice boxers. I was like, oh, that's a thing. Okay. Yeah,
0: I didn't know that either, by the way, until someone told me. I was like, yeah. Now there's a t shirt, now that I know it.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. no, so I think it just, the relief for me was just in, like I said, feeling like a failure for so long mm-hmm. is really hard. Like, and being a person who really wants to do well, you know, despite getting a diagnosis that is very, very challenging and spending the first five years just, like, in a daze, like, trying as hard as possible and not coming up with, like, results that I wanted and being so, so confused that whenever I found your podcast and, like, used the principles and it started to work and my A1C lowered and my time and range increased and my life was more full because I wasn't panicking about, like, you know, what was happening to my body while it wasn't being taken care of. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, that's like all the relief you'll ever need. It's just like you see the person that, you know, helped contribute to that. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, thank you. Like,
0: yeah, no, it was lovely. It really was. I was touched. I was really touched by it. I mean, not touched enough to remember that, you know, you're (laughs) Rachel and not Quincy. But I'm joking. It was just it's a lot. And then I have to get on a plane. And by the way, at that point, it was a little bit of that like, hey, you know, people are starting to get sick all over the world vibe going on. Yes, too. Like that
1: was the last thing we went to. Like, the last uh, in-person, like, large event. Yeah. For sure.
0: No, no, I remember feeling like I maybe shouldn't be here. Um, <laughs> like, when it was happening. Although, you know, there's this thing that happened yesterday. Omnipod... Made me the Potter of the month. I think it's just. I think
1: I saw that. That's awesome. It's a
0: social media thing that they do, which is nice. Um, But they, uh, which, and I don't want to just. First of all, I don't want to breeze over it because I am really touched because I don't have diabetes. I thought it was a really wonderful, um, gift for them to to say that. But my point of bringing it up wasn't just to point out that it happened, although. I'll take that. Uh, It was that somebody in, I I was very careful to read all of the comments and there were uh, more than 200 of them uh, so far. And one of the people said that they were like lost and went to the conference in Georgia. So there was a person in that room who then, I mean, now it's a year or so later, um, Mm -hmm. who, who I just noticed for the very first time because of the, the potter of the month thing like I never would have known that person's story uh, they were just in that room and I guess I said something that made sense to them and it changed things for them so it's very cool
1: thanks to me that's awesome
0: yeah so I want to know a little bit about like you you said you felt like a failure so were you trying really hard and nothing was working or did you eventually just give up and nothing and that's why it wasn't working
1: I was trying really hard and nothing was working. I've never been the type of person. I mean, granted test trip testing, like we said, isn't very involved, but I've never been the person to just give up even in burnout. Mm. Like that's just not something I do. Um, it's more of an emotional drag for me when I'm in burnout. Like I'll care for myself, but I'm like pissed that I have to care for myself, (laughs) like kind of a thing. Um, so I was trying really hard. And I mean, it's just the similar story many people say, like when when your care team doesn't have type one, they care about you. They want you, you know, most of them do anyway, they wanna help you. But what can three month gap appointments do for you when they don't empower you to like make your own changes when it's like a daily disease? Yeah. Like And they weren't talking about pre-bolusing. I had no idea how to adjust my basal rates. Like I would do it in the doctor's office. Like she would show me what to do, but she would tell me what to change them to. And I had no, no concept of why. Um, So it made me feel reliant on them. And also I didn't trust them because I still had crappy blood sugars. So it was like such, such a like weird little trap that I felt like I was in.
0: So they're telling you, listen, we're the only ones that can do this and Very they, much. and they weren't particularly good at it.
1: Yeah. And I would try, like, I mean, and I, I truly like, I haven't had a doctor that I look back and go, oh, wow, they were awful. That's not the case. It's just with the information available and with, again, I mean, they have the luxury of not having type one. They don't get it like as much as those of us who have it do, um, they would just give me the bare basic information and I would come in. I would even try to schedule at first, like more than three month appointments. And that's typical, like I guess when you're first diagnosed, but even a few months past that, um, I was trying my hardest to understand. I would walk in there. I would have my, you know, log book or whatever. That's hilarious. I don't even know where those are at this point, but (laughs) the, you know, I was trying so hard and, they would just look at me so confused, like why I wasn't accepting that this is the way that it is.
0: Oh, so but. you were, you were not the, well, you were kind of the problem, right? Because there's a way they do it. and Yeah.
1: They are just like, no, this is normal. This is fine. It's fine. If you go to 220 after a meal, it's completely fine. And I was like, well, I don't feel fine. And they're like, well, this is how it is. I'm
0: going like, to say what? this. I'm going to say this here. And I said it on an episode I recorded the other day. Uh, if you're a healthcare professional and you're telling people that, I believe that is malpractice and shame on you.
1: It's frustrating. And and it's like the doctor that I know would never want less care for their kids, you know, like in any other circumstance. But they're taught to believe that it's okay. It's not that they are lying. It's that that's what they're taught to.
0: But you don't think that's what they would do in their own personal life. Say what? You don't believe that's what they would do in their personal no, life?
1: No, I don't think so. It's like if they knew, if they could have a child that had it and see how that child felt at 220, you know, after a meal, they would question it too.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you, okay. So you I, I I following. I at first thought you were saying that they are telling you one thing but would do another. You're saying if they saw it close up,
1: yes. they would know that
0: wasn't the case.
1: Yeah. They're just taught in the medical community, I think, that like, well, this is the best we can do. Yeah. Because, like me, I mean, they just think, well, this is how it is.
0: Right. Well, it's not. You, right?
1: So, you want to be careful.
0: I'm super glad that you found the podcast. I like you yep. a lot. You have such a great vibe about you.
1: <laughs> Thanks. I,
0: I don't, I just, there's something really just lovely about you. It's why I was so disappointed when Quincy was your husband.
1: <laughs> You're like, oh, it's not.
0: Uh, but I wanted the other one, I thought. <laughs> <That totally is. laughs> he ended oh up being God. terrific, by the way, on the podcast. He really was good.
1: Um, he is so well spoken he always surprises me I when we go to social events I'm pretty social but I let him step forward I'm like you you take it <laughs>
0: <laughs> you you chew up this chit chat I don't feel like doing this anyway
1: <laughs> <laughs> actually whenever we were going to talk to you he was like okay we, we got to go meet Scott like do you want to do that and I was like yeah and we go. And then all of a sudden I got so nervous. And I was like, no, I am just another one of these people. He has so many people around him. I'm like so spatially aware and I don't like bothering people. Uh-huh. And so I started getting nervous. I was like, no, maybe we won't. And he was like, Rachel, we drove all this way. You have to. And I was like, okay.
0: <laughs> well, I'm very glad he did. And it was it's no bother. I, I enjoy meeting everybody. It's just hard to keep it all in your head. later you you know that that's pretty much the only thing uh but no the experience is is amazing it's 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 really touching to hear from people and it's uh sometimes they say something and you're like oh that's a good point you know what i mean like i never thought that i've also met a couple of people who are like you know strange in a good way and that's Mm -hmm. fun you know and so there's a there's a lot that goes on mostly i think i think a lot of people that are in the rooms that don't know what to expect when I'm talking. I think they leave a little like. Like, I don't know, are they they're maybe dumbstruck or all inspired or something, I'm not certain, but they walk out, you can see them just kind of looking in, in the back of their head and thinking to themselves, like, this isn't anything that anybody's told me so far.
1: That's what I'm saying. I'm willing to bet it's the same, you know, realization that washed over me when my friend told me about the podcast. It's yeah. like, wait, there's another way.
0: Yeah. You can see them nodding along when you're talking. Like Mm -hmm. like you'll say, like, have you ever noticed, you know, whatever? And they go, Oh, oh my God, yeah. Like you can see on their faces, like that that thought.
1: Yeah. Uh, Like especially when you do real life examples and you'll show a graph and you're like, Has this ever happened to anybody? And everyone's like, Well, yeah. Like and (laughs) you're like, and it doesn't work to do it the way, you know (laughs) and you say it you say it better than your doctors don't know what they're talking about, but you know I'm super
0: polite. Yeah.
1: It doesn't work, you know, to do it the traditional way and everyone starts being like they, they admit to it They're like, no, it doesn't work.
0: A lady said to me one time, uh, she goes, you said, does this ever happen to you? And she said, I thought, yes, every three and a half hours.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like it's, I mean, truly, right. like I go back and I'm like, you know, no wonder, like I would bolus as soon as I put food in my mouth. Right. No wonder I would go high as a kite and then crash down later and just be like, well, let's do it again. It's lunch now. Like, it's ridiculous.
0: How long did it take you to pull it all together?
1: Really five years. I swear. Like, I mean, I found the podcast 2019. Okay. Like, towards the end. And so it was like, because I remember it was Thanksgiving and we were headed home. We had like a three-hour drive to get to where um, our immediate family uh, some of them are. And so the friend had told me it was a friend's husband who was actually asking me what being on Omnipod was like, because he was about to switch pumps. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was, I can't remember which one he was using, but I am like Omnipod or die. Like, yeah, <laughs> you would have to pry that out of my cold dead hands, like for me to switch pumps. But anyway, uh, you can put the Omnipod ad here.
0: I actually don't have an omnipod ad today, but omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. The ad I have today is for the contour next one blood glucose meter. Now this is the most accurate, reliable, easy to hold, easy to handle, easy to use blood glucose meter that I've ever touched or used in my entire life. I it is the best one I've ever used. I'm thrilled that they're a sponsor. What you need to do is go to contournext.com forward slash juice box to see it for yourself and to learn more. The simple truth is that blood glucose meters are something that we're given. We're handed. Nobody asks us which one we want. And that's a shame. And it doesn't need to be that way. Contour Next One is the blood glucose meter that I would choose if I was given a choice. It's not the meter that my daughter's endocrinologist had sitting in a drawer or, you know, a bunch in a closet, or it's just the one that, you know, our practice likes this one or whatever reasoning they use. How about instead you get one that is easy to handle, easy to use, has a bright light, and if you want an app to attach to it, works with Android or iPhone. So this is a meter that you can dig down deep with, with your data, with that app, or you can just use it free of the app as a meter. It fits in your hand so well, or in your pocket, or your purse, or wherever you carry your diabetes supplies. And it has second chance test strips, which means you can go touch the blood, not quite get enough, and go back and get more without ruining the accuracy or the test strip. And that accuracy is it's an industry standard. It's so good. Contournext.com forward slash juicebox. It's a web page with so much information that when you leave there, you'll know for sure you want to contour next one. So head over now, make a decision. Don't be told what blood sugar meter to use. Actually decide for yourself. Before you go, head over to touchedbytype1.org. They're absolutely my favorite type one diabetes organization. So many programs and services for people living with type one and all they want is for you to check them out at touchedbytype1.org. When you get there, There's a tab for programs where you'll see their conference, awareness campaign, bowl for a cause, their dance program, their dancing for diabetes show, their D-Box program. They do so much for people living with type 1 diabetes. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram, but you should check out what they're doing at Touched by Type 1. I appreciate you listening to the ads, and now I'm going to get you back to Rachel.
1: dead hands like for me to switch bumps but anyway he was talking to me about it and I was telling him and then at the end he was like you know you sound like somebody who would be interested in this podcast I listened to you he told me about it I laughed and was like no way and then I told it I told Quincy about it and he was the one that was like well hey we have a long drive like see like let's listen let's see if it helps Hmm. Yeah. Really. Quincy is like a big part of this.
0: Yeah. Well, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's my hero in this scenario. That's for sure. I mean, because I can't imagine, like, I really, I don't have context for being an adult with type one, being approached by another adult with type one and being told you should listen to a third person who guess what doesn't have diabetes at all. Isn't a doctor. And it's going to help you with your blood sugar. And you, I can't imagine not thinking that can't be right.
1: I definitely was sketched out a little bit. I was like, "It's a podcast.
0: You can't Ugh. step on that dog. It's I'm fragile." I'm going to
1: stangle this dog. No, don't, don't <laughs> say
0: that on the podcast. She's joking. People <laughs> love animals. Don't say that. She would never <laughs> hurt the puppy. Tell people you would never hurt the puppy.
1: Never this puppy. This puppy literally has everything it could possibly need.
0: Well, it's a puppy. I mean, if it's got water and like food, I think it has everything it possibly needs, right?
1: (laughs) It really has everything it possibly needs. It doesn't have your attention
0: though, apparently.
1: If it's okay with you, I might go stick her in the garage so she doesn't keep wailing. (laughs) Let's
0: say the soft, beautiful room that you put the dogs in.
1: Okay. Okay. The insulated room that also has everything she needs.
0: Temperature controlled room. Go ahead. I'll stay here and keep myself busy.
1: Sorry. I'll be right back.
0: No, you're fine. Do you guys remember that time I left the couple alone to go help Arden with a bolus and they played music? Wasn't that crazy? Did you hear that? I don't know what I have no idea what episode it was or I would tell you. Um, There are too many episodes now. I can't remember anything. Do you think she's going to kill that dog just to be on the podcast? She wouldn't. The dog's fine. No one worry. No dogs were harmed as far as I know in the making of this podcast episode. But let me tell you about Omnipod. (laughs) The Omnipod tubeless insulin pump. I'm going to do an ad off the top of my head until she gets back. The Omnipod tubeless insulin pump is amazing. You actually right now may be eligible for a free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash. You'd find that out by going to omnipod.com forward slash juice Now, you can type that URL into your browser or get it right there in your podcast app, right in the show notes. It's in there. Or... It's available at juiceboxpodcast.com. Now, why do you want a tubeless insulin pump? Well, that's easy. Constant basal, right? Everyone on a tube pump has to take their pump off to shower or bathe or swim. Not you. You have an Omnipod constantly working for you. You can have it on while you're playing soccer. You can have it on while you're carrying a dog to an undisclosed location. (laughs) You can wear your Omnipod 24-7. And never be without your basal insulin. It's a big deal. Plus, there's no tubing. And because there's no tubing, there's no controller to connect to your body, right? Other pumps have an infusion set connected to a tube. The tube goes to some controller. And then that controller has to be clipped to your belt. I hear some people put it in their bras, uh, down their pants, probably not in the front, um, you know, pocket. It's this thing. And now you're connected to it. Plus, if you walk past uh, like a doorknob, you could get the tubing caught on the doorknob and just rip it right out. None of that will happen with the Omnipod tubeless insulin pump. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Now, when you head over, you put in just the tiniest bit of information. And when you're done, Omnipod will get right back to you. Right. And if you're eligible for that free 30 day trial. Well, guess what? Things are going to be looking up real quick. Where is Rachel? I'm here. Oh, God, Rachel. I just did an entire Omnipod ad waiting for you to come back.
1: I heard you. That was really, really well done.
0: Did I do a good job?
1: You did. I did not know. I mean, I know you like do them live, but like experiencing it, it was really good.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah, I. Can't, were you waiting for me to be finished, or were you just choking the yeah, last I was waiting. ounce I was of like, air out of the dog? What oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I heard you. I was like, oh, he's talking about tubing. I bet you it's the ad.
0: And just just for clarity, the dog's alive and it's well, right?
1: Oh my goodness, she is doing just fine. Excellent. He's super sweet.
0: I don't want people thinking you, uh, you sopranoed that dog so you could be on the podcast.
1: <laughs> she may start up again. So people might hear how alive and well she is.
0: You didn't toss her off a boat? No,
1: That's not That's an this actual time.
0: Sopranos reference. And it, uh, by the way, let me just say this now. If you haven't seen The Sopranos, I don't know what <laughs> you're doing. Go to HBO Max right now. Start watching from the beginning. It's one of the best TV shows ever. Not the point of this conversation, though. That's- um, Okay, so you diagnosed at. Let me check my memory. Nineteen. Yep. How old were you when I met you?
1: Oh gosh, it would have been. It's a year ago. Yep.
0: Take your age and subtract one year.
1: But it feels like longer because of COVID.
0: Don't 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 argue with math. Math is an absolute.
1: <laughs> yes, one year ago. So I was twenty-five.
0: There you go. So you you lived for five years your way, the way that they gave you. Yeah. And then. After you found the podcast, how long did it take you to just make the changes and see the results?
1: It was hard. I feel like it was about six months.
0: Wow. I think that seems short, but I understand that it wouldn't seem short to you.
1: No. And I also hit like a huge patch of like, so working with Jenny, I could see, first of all, like the first time she emailed me with like suggestions on what to change and why in all caps, why? Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted to cry. I was just like, this is what I've always ever wanted. Like, this is amazing. Um, so fine-tuning things. Um, at first, it went really well. And then I actually, so I say six months because it was like a special circumstance sort of thing. I actually hit this, like, really big patch of, like, insulin resistance for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jenny actually recommended that I switch insulins to see if that would help. So I went from Novolog, um, to Humalog, which isn't like, I mean, everyone's biology is just so different, but it's not like a huge switch, but it was like night and day difference. It was awesome. Um, and then I also came off of a medicine that I was taking and that really, really helped as well. So that in combination, once that was done, then things were smoother and pre-bolusing made all the sense. And I could fine tune my basils and it was all great. Yeah. I mean, not perfect, but you know, like Better. it made sense.
0: Yeah. Did you, you did you start with Jenny before me or did you find Jenny through the podcast?
1: Through the podcast.
0: Oh, I don't get paid for that, but I should.
1: Um, what is integrated diabetes? Yeah. And I looked at it and I was like, how have I never known about this? Like, I totally would have done this sooner. I was so ready to be like, there's something else. You I, I want to take
0: thing. my joke back for a second because I am more than paid back with Jenny being on the podcast. So I, uh, exceptional. Yeah, nobody has to pay me anything for that. Anything. Jenny's terrific. Um, and <laughs> she, she very much adds to the podcast. And I'm so now afraid that she heard me joke like that because I don't want her to think that I think that because I definitely don't. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, that's cool. Like, it's amazing. How has all this changed your life? Like, seriously, is there a palatable difference? Like, palpable? It's palpable, right? Not palatable. Palatable. Yeah, palpable. Um, Like, what can you point to?
1: So, it, I just, I mean, literally, physically, A1Cs are down. Um, I always hovered around in the sevens. And once again, my doctor was like, I mean, it could be lower, but this is fine. Um, And now, I mean, my last A one C was five one and my time in range was great. And I also like, just don't even stress about what I'm eating. Like I eat a very normal American diet and I eat a salad. Like I've heard you talk about Arden and I'm kind of the same way. Like I will eat a burger and fries for one meal and then I'll eat a salad the next. And I just don't. Stress over it the way that I used to. I don't even think, I mean, I know I haven't been diagnosed with like an eating disorder, but once I confronted the way in which I manage my type one, I realized that like a way in which I was trying to have control previous to the new way of managing was like limiting my carbs because I thought and I had realized like, oh, it'll, it'll limit the spike because it did. Um, but that's so restrictive and so harmful, like in everyday life. It's just not a way to live personally. Like if you want to eat that way and that's what you choose, that's one thing. But for me, it was like, I can't because it will hurt me. And I just didn't even realize that because I thought that's how it was. And so then once I realized, okay, once I understand how to use insulin, I can eat, you know, within reason, like whatever I want, you know. Mm -hmm. This is great. Like, so it was, it was better on just so many fronts. Like I just had a lot less stress around managing and eating and living my life.
0: So that the low carb mafia doesn't come at you. You're not saying low carb is an eating disorder. You're saying limiting yourself for any reason to be right.
1: Just right. like restrictive thinking around foods. Right. Like I, I that's that's frustrating. Yeah. Like, no. A I, I think if you're doing low carb on purpose and you're doing it intentionally and healthily or however you eat, like that's completely fine. Mm-hmm. Um Okay. But for me, it was like internal. Yeah. Like I was telling myself I cannot have this because my results will not be great. And that was so harmful for me.
0: So oh, it's amazing. How about burnout? You mentioned it earlier. Do you experience it as frequently now?
1: No, I definitely don't because I think, so I've always said there's two phases like to being upset about type one. The first one is just that you have it. Um, and if you're diagnosed with it when you're younger, I feel like I hear it doesn't happen as much cause you're used to it. Um, but I guess everyone's super different. But for me, I mean, I have a clear memory of what it was like to not have it and a clear memory of what it's like having it. Um,
0: it's better not having diabetes, you're saying?
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, if yeah. I had to choose. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm going I'm to yeah, guess. Yeah,
1: so th- there, there's, there's the phase of like what you hit at first where you're just mad that you have it. Sure. Um, and then there's the phase where like what I was describing that I think can cause burnout where... You're trying your absolute hardest. You're doing, you know, your best. You're giving it your all and you're still having terrible results and you feel terrible. That's burnout. Like,
0: okay, it's the you're, whole you're
1: giving it what you think, you know, it needs and it's not working. So
0: for you, you have the regular level of diabetes. It just sucks having it. Yeah. And then there's the effort to take care of it. But then on top of that, you get the outcomes that don't match your hopes and then the physical and mental stuff that comes along with that
1: yeah exactly and so there was a point where I was over the first phase where it's like okay I have this I've accepted it it's okay and now I want to make it better and live my life and I couldn't like I mean I could but it just was I had to ignore it pretty much um
0: so you were ignoring your health to live your life
1: Pretty much like ignoring the fact that I could not, and again, not ever not taking care of myself, but ignoring the thought that it could be better, okay. like pushing that down because it is the way that it is. The doctors say it's fine. I don't feel like it's fine, but it's going to make me crazy because I can't change it. So I'm just going to push it down. And that's why, again, when I found the podcast and someone talked to me about it, I was like, wait. So I had to like dig it all back up kind of a thing. It was almost like being diagnosed again, kind of.
0: Were you scared when you found the show that you were going to get your hopes up and it wasn't going to work? Or did you have, you did feel that way?
1: Yeah. I was like, this is just going to be another ride that I, you know, another roller coaster ride where I try really hard, it doesn't work and I get really frustrated and I have to push it all back down again. I've
0: never considered that before. Yeah. That's a, that's obvious now that you said it. Um,
1: Yeah. So it was hard. And I was really skeptical at first. I was like, I will listen to say that I listened. But then I mean, bowl with insulin, as many people will say, it's just like, it's so true. It hits home. Like everyone tells you to be so afraid of insulin. And I definitely was like, I remember, you know, any bolus over four units (laughs) made me a little freaked out. I was like, Mm -hmm. whoa, because I mean, when I was using it the way in which I was, yes, that was going to result in like a big time low.
0: Um, I'm glad that that as I eat. Yeah. That episode, it's that episode 11, right?
1: Yeah. Um, I think so. Yeah,
0: that I'm so happy that that turned out the way that it did, because I really genuinely did not know what I was doing back then. <laughs> so that was just me kind of leaning on what I knew resonated from the blog for people. Yeah. and Then mixed with my own feelings. Um, but yeah, I guess I'm, I'm just looking back. Like I'm I'm, I'm, your story is really great, and I'm not making this about me, but I'm looking back for a second and hearing how it's helped you. And I'm I'm fresh, very fresh in 200 Facebook comments from people telling similar stories on that, that Omnipod post that I was telling you about. And it's hard not to think. Like, what if I didn't do a good job on episode 11? Would none of this have happened for any of these people like this way? Do you know what I mean? Like, it it makes it feel like in the moment you're doing it, you're like, oh, I hope this works. And then in hindsight, you're like, wow, I'm glad that worked because (laughs) now I'm aware of what there is to lose more. yeah, You know what I mean? Like writing the blog. I've said this before. Writing the blog, you get a handful of notes a month. Hey, this really helps me. Thank you. My A1C is better, blah, blah, blah. But with the podcast – Um, reaching so many people in so many places it happens all day long constantly and then you become i mean then i've become very aware of that and so i'm now i'm suddenly thinking like thank god that past scott got that right by mistake because uh, i definitely didn't do it on purpose i was not i wasn't very good at it back then i don't think you know, as as I say that, I realized that an hour and a half ago, a post went, uh, a post, a um, an episode went up with a 14 year old girl from Russia, and okay. you have to listen to that one. Anyone who's listening, it's called "From Russia with Sarcasm." So, not only is this girl like my doppelganger, like I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to like adopt her, uh, but which, by the way, she has parents. It's not like she was looking for okay. adoption, um, but. <laughs> But it's episode 487. If I'm remembering off the top of my head correctly, she finds the podcast at 14 years old, educates herself on everything, driven by one thought. And that was that her belief was that if you had diabetes, you'd lose your limbs. So she so at 14, she was like, I have to figure out how to keep my body parts. She found the podcast, educated herself, went to her parents, made them get her Omnipod and Dexcom, even though I believe they're not available where she lives. And I was going
1: to say, in some countries, like, that's a thing, too. Yeah. Like, because they don't have good management, like, resources, and it's frustrating.
0: Yeah, no, but it's just that this girl just, she's, yeah. she's astonishing and um and funny I'm on top of it. Yeah, she's really something else. And it just made me, you know... I like, so right now she's the person I think of in this moment because it's fresh in my head, but yeah. it'll be somebody different in a week. And, um, I'm very grateful that, that you found it. Me I, I don't know. too. I, yeah. <laughs> so cool. It really is wonderful. Um, I, you just don't expect something like this to happen. You would think that it would take a plan. You know what I mean? Not just yeah. not just the person going like, well, the blog worked. I wonder if I could make a podcast out of it. So,
1: no, I'm really glad that you did because it's definitely you know it's accessible as a podcast and podcasts are super popular. And I don't know, I like going back to the beginning of the show and seeing how it transformed. I don't think you were bad at it then at all. Oh, I thank you. You got different technology. I think you I sound know, better. You learned like. As you went, and I think it's really cool to watch the evolution of the show.
0: Oh, then everybody should binge the podcast.
1: I wholeheartedly agree.
0: Started episode one. Episode one with Adam Lasher. Yeah, and I only remember that he. You know, it's funny that might be the only episode I know for certain what number it is. Maybe yeah. bold with insulin's eleven. Adam Lasher's one, but I started off with uh, this episode I had, and then I, I, I guess I can say it now that it's been seven years ago. Like Adam Lasher was this um, musician who was on American Idol, had type one diabetes. And I think his uncle's Carlos Santana, if I'm remembering correctly. And anyway, I saw him on TV and I reached out to him and I may have acted like the podcast was more than it was at that time.
1: Oh my
0: goodness! Uh, but the joke's on me now because everyone starts with episode Listen, one. Yeah, so it worked out. It worked out for him at least. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and it, it's when it's the first time I was like, oh, talking to people is like cool because yeah. I had recorded a couple of standalone ones at that point, and I was like, oh, I like talking to people. This is a good idea.
1: Everyone has a different story and it's really cool to hear. And that was like another thing that I so enjoyed was like, people were talking about things that happened to me and mm-hmm. I had never, I mean, at that point before encountering the podcast, it's not that I didn't have good community because my friends were very understanding, but none of them had type one. And I didn't really know anybody who did. Okay, um, And I wasn't, ashamed or embarrassed or any of the above i just didn't know anybody who could relate to me hmm. and listening to the podcast people talking about the tech that i was using new ideas it made me care again i was like oh there's like a whole group of people and the facebook group that you mentioned i mean that's exceptional like just the community and the fact that i've had circ- like circumstances happen where i had no one to go to and you can now go to the facebook group type in a word, like let's say you want to take a new medication and you're worried like how it'll affect your diabetes. I mean, understanding that it affects everyone differently, but I can type it in and find similar experiences where I can at least have an idea of what it might look like for my diabetes. And it's insane.
0: Can I tell you a story about the podcast, about the uh, Facebook group that, um, so I'm this, I'll I'll do it quickly. Um, My son is taking a gap semester, but he's a college baseball player. And he wanted to go to this place called Driveline Baseball in Washington to work out. So we um, had saved money not sending him to school and it seemed like we could handle that. And we got him a time to start, a day to start on. And then the housing that was available for the athletes was not available for the first week that he had to be there. So I didn't know what to do. And I went online just kind of looking for a hotel um, it was expensive. And I didn't like it wasn't my choice to do that. But I was like, well, this is the only option, you know, mm-hmm. and I found stuff that well, it wasn't sketchy. But it was like, I couldn't like, It's so far away from me, I couldn't figure out what was the right decision. And so I went to the Facebook group. And I just said, Does anyone live around Kent, Washington? And maybe a dozen people answered me. And so at first, I was like, Well, that's weird. It made me want to post again, like pick a random town in another state and be like, does anyone live near here? Like, I'm like, how big is this podcast is how I was thinking about it. You know what (laughs) I mean? But people came back and I recognized one of the respondents as somebody I had interviewed. Mm -hmm. And so because I had some comfort level with him, because I'd spoken to him for an hour, I messaged him and we spoke offline, you know, and we're on the phone together and I'm asking other questions. And during the conversation, he just says, you can just stay here. Oh. And I was like, "What?" And he goes, "My house. You could you and your son could just stay at my house for the week. You can get him settled and then you can leave and he can go do what he's going to do." And I
1: thought,
0: And I was like, "No, that doesn't make like no. Like thank you. That's very kind, but." And then he insisted a little bit and I said, "Okay, thanks." So we flew out to Washington state from New Jersey and landed In the evening on Saturday, Mm -hmm. didn't get to his house till 11 p.m., walked in, I immediately felt comfortable. He was comfortable. Incredible. It was really something. We spent eight nights at his house. They made us food. We talked. It was a really, like, amazing experience. I got to watch, I got to watch, like, how the podcast helped his family. I got to see where they struggle. Like, I think I'm better. I'll be better at this now for being able to, like, be a fly on the wall in their life. You know what I mean? And- but overall, it just, it's stunning. Like I was floored that somebody would say that.
1: But, yeah, but that's, that's so cool.
0: Yeah, but I think that's what this whole thing has done.
1: I agree. I mean, I feel like I could ask anybody anything in that group. I mean, when you go through something like type 1, I just – I don't believe – I mean, I'm sure there are. But like I've never met anybody who's not a great person with type 1 or affected by it because it just like forces you – I don't, I honestly, I don't even know what it is, but everyone's nice. And a I lot of very totally believe people. that story.
0: Yeah. I was just, I was really touched. But my point is that I didn't like, I've never imagined that in my life. And that's not okay. something like you guys don't know me that well, but that is not something I would normally do. Like when we were leaving, we're like sitting on the plane, getting ready to leave and mm-hmm. Cole and Cole goes, uh, Hey, these people are going to kill us. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they put a
1: tracker on us or something they know where we are it was
0: like i don't think so that's
1: hilarious (laughs) He said listen
0: and so uh, i joked with them i told him a couple days into the trip that that's what he said and they're like no 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 and i was like listen if you aren't thinking the same thing i don't know what's wrong with you you should be thinking like these two guys aren't gonna kill us are they uh but it was um it was lovely and very unexpected. It was wonderful.
1: Did you did you like did they look at you for bolus suggestions when they did things or like how how did that go?
0: I uh I watched for a couple of days and I yeah. and I helped if somebody asked me. And then I think it was like day three where I was like, I really think we should change some of these basal rates. <laughs> oh my gosh. And like do some stuff. So I tried to help uh best I could. And even funnier, um, they use Jenny. So That's- I was changing basal rates that Jenny set up and I that made me feel oh. super awkward. I was like I'm going to tell her that, but privately, I think. <laughs> like they yeah. weren't like it but you know what it showed me was that she had done a good job remotely of helping them. Yeah. But really being there and seeing it like live was yeah. you could be more fine about it.
1: And she can only go off of like what people even tell her too, because I laugh at myself. Like sometimes I won't have the bandwidth or the ability to go in and put all these notes in for her. And she still does a stellar job to be like, okay, it looks like you ate here. It looks like you did this. And she does fantastic for like being remote. But like you're saying, I mean, if you're there and they're like, Hey, every time, you know, he walks a dog or like comes back in, like this happens. And she doesn't know that it's like, helpful to make a change. And I'm sure she'd be like right on.
0: Well, what I've learned from talking to people remotely is that they often don't know the things they need to tell you. And and I've learned now that if they did, they might be able to make the decisions on their own, but it's, it's like, they don't know what's important sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, and a lot of people, it's incredibly common when I'm speaking to people, all the things they are, are direly telling you, they think these are the details that you're going to need to help them. I'm just like, I don't, I don't need that. That's not important. <laughs> not important. Not important. Not important. Not, but then I ask my questions, bang, 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 bang. And it might feel like, you know, I, I don't know. It might feel cold, but I'm just like, I ask my questions and I'm like, all right, well now here's what I think. Mm-hmm. And, and that's when you start explaining to them that, you know, a lot of what you're seeing, like if you've ever heard me say on the podcast, people see a lot of ghosts and then make decisions, like, yeah. you know, things they think are happening that aren't or that are, you know, that's, um that's real common. When I talk to people the first time, they always think that uh, they always think they know what's going wrong, but they're so in the weeds. They don't even realize it sometimes. Yeah. It's really something. Um, listen, have we missed anything? I just want to make sure like, we're not wrapping up, wrapping up, but I want to make sure like, is there anything we haven't talked about that you want to talk about?
1: Um, I don't think so. Honestly, what? I'm Did just you- here to cheerlead the podcast. It's great.
0: Oh. <laughs> Well, no there's no this con this, this- episode is dense with important information,
1: no, I mean really though, but that's like the you know summary of my story, I guess It's, like I'm so grateful that this information exists um and it just changed everything for me, and I'm grateful that I can live my life with a little bit freer headspace like type you know diabetes is there, and I manage it um. But it's just not a huge stressor. I mean, sometimes it is because it is for everybody, like, you know, random moments. But like, overall, I don't see diabetes in my life. Like, I see my life and diabetes is a facet of it because of this podcast. Um, And I'm really grateful.
0: Do you think you'll feel a little less warmly towards me when six months from now this episode is called Not Quincy?
1: Or something about like the dog. (laughs) That'll be hilarious.
0: I don't know. I'm pretty firm on not Quincy. <laughs>
1: no, I I won't I won't be upset at all. I give over control of the title. <laughs> well, thank you.
0: I really do. You know, they didn't let me make the title of my book. What? I wrote I wrote a book and every word okay. in that book yeah. I wrote except the title. <laughs> they were like that's a marketing decision. I was like, "Uh, okay." <laughs>
1: I read your book. I like it.
0: Thank you. And then, but that's not the point, but, but thank you. The point is, is that every interview I had to give about that book, the first question was about the laundry. How
1: did you choose the title?
0: No, no. They're like, so laundry is terrible. Right. And I, I just started going like, that's not what it's about. <laughs> I just, I couldn't even like, I couldn't even tell the story anymore. It was, I'm like, that's what a little bit of it's about. It's not like it, like a smidge. And it's not even about anything. Like I'm not an, I'm not a real writer. Like it's, you know what I mean? Like it's, I don't know. I don't even know what to call that book. It's fun though, right?
1: It was really good. I liked it.
0: Touching in places. I hear people cry sometimes when they read it.
1: (laughs) It was, it was touching. I mean, just thinking about, I mean, I mean, of course the part that like, I connected with was just like where you talked about Arden's diagnosis, but like I was older when I, you know, Mm -hmm. experienced that. It made me ask my parents some questions. I was like, hey mom, did you ever like come in and try to test my blood sugar like in the middle of the night? And she was like, no, you wouldn't let me. You woke up like whenever I did it.
0: Well, you know what? Um, that's, that's really nice. First of all, that it made you talk to your mom and have some questions about it. But Mm -hmm. I, um, I don't know. I don't think of that as uh I I you're too young, I guess is what I wanna say. Like for the, the parenting stuff. Like it probably didn't hit you in the heart. Like I'm I'm best suited to make ladies between like thirty five and forty eight cry. Like that's yeah. my they're my sweet spot right there.
1: It was really sweet though how you talked about family and life. Like the way in which you saw Cole or Arden or just things your wife said to you. I did I mean, I don't have like I mean, I don't have kids at this point. So like, yeah, what you're saying, it didn't hit me probably as squarely as it does some people, but the way in which you talk about it, I was like, oh my goodness, I can see that. Yeah. That's so sweet.
0: Well, maybe one day it'll it'll feel differently to you. Like you were like a child bride basically, right? So you don't need to have babies yet. How old are you? Today? what? How, you were like a child bride. Didn't you get married when you were like 12 or something like that?
1: <laughs> no, oh, <okay. laughs> definitely not.
0: How old, Okay, how long have you guys been married? I forget.
1: Uh, we've been married for four years.
0: Yeah. Well, you were 21 then when you got married.
1: Twenty two, but yeah, close.
0: That's how old Kelly was. And let me tell you something I know for certain. <laughs> we were way too young to get married.
1: <laughs> it's funny because Quincy's older than me. And so Oh I
0: know. Don't worry, that part I remember.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I I mean, I feel like I had a pretty good head on my shoulders.
0: I don't know. Well you did, I'm sure. now yeah, I'm sure we did too. It's not until hindsight when you look back and go, like,
1: wow, I was a child. Oh my
0: god, what was <laughs> I doing? <laughs>
1: No. Yeah. It's, it's funny to like, see, I mean, we were only four years in, but I'm sure like you're saying, I'll look back and be like, wow. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, I think, I think we had Cole when Kelly was like, now look at me. I don't know. I, I'll do math for real quick. Yeah. 74 is when my wife was born. Now Cole was born in 2000. So this should be pretty easy. My wife was 16 when she had a baby. No, hold on. 74, 84, 94. 2004 now i went too far but i only went so, so kelly was 26 maybe when we had a baby does that make sense
1: yep that's how old i am now
0: see and are you ready to have a baby
1: uh no no
0: <laughs> exactly what i'm telling you
1: <laughs> Yep, yeah, yeah that makes sense
0: that's all and don't let this quincy he's got that like nice way about him he'd be able to ease like he got you to talk you into listening to the podcast he talked. <laughs> You right now might not even be doing anything you mean to be doing. He might be controlling the whole thing in some Svengali-like way, which is a word there's no way you know.
1: I'm sure if you asked him, he would say it's the other way around.
0: (laughs) Oh, it better be. I mean, you're the catch in this situation. I don't think that's a a stretch, right? Um, Do you know the word Svengali? Yes. Do you really? Good for you. Yeah. So how far – I I have uh, – like here are the, like the like scattered shot questions that are left from the hour that I didn't ask. How far That's of a drive was it from your house to, to the event in Georgia?
1: It was only a couple hours a couple with hours. Atlanta traffic.
0: Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, you people in Atlanta, I don't know what's up with that place, but build another road or ship some people out of there or something. But
1: I 100% let Quincy drive and covered my eyes. I was like, this is ridiculous. This is
0: a mess. It's like a racetrack, but instead of like, but everybody has a different driving style because people are from like all over the country who live
1: there. Yes, it was ridiculous. So yeah, it was only a couple hours, but again, that was like the first JRF event I'd ever even been to, or Type One event. Because right. before, I was just like, "That's not cool. I'm not going." I
0: have to tell you, <laughs> I don't imagine I'll ever do one of those again. Really? Well, because first of all, COVID. Yeah. Right, and then secondly, JDRF significantly revamped how they do things on a local level. I mean, I don't know if they kept it quiet or not, but they fired a lot of people.
1: I, yeah, I did hear about that. Yeah,
0: when COVID happened. And if I'm being honest, it's a little bit of a heavy lift to get me to those events. Mm -hmm. Because I think the national office isn't thrilled with me talking about what I talk about. And so it's the local places that want me that kind of have to, they have to be willing to fight the fight to get me there, I guess.
1: See, I wonder if it's just because they partner with medical people and if they go against what they say, then it feels wrong. I just think that's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I don't know the reason why, but I would be surprised if I end up doing, unless there's some shift, you know, in thinking, um, which isn't out of line, but uh, it could definitely happen. But Mm -hmm. I just think, I also think at this point, I have a different, I have an avenue to reach so many more people, but I just love being where there's... I love being where there's so many newly diagnosed people because it feels Mm. like an opportunity to save them from what you described earlier, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So I don't know. We'll see. Although the flying around part, I do not miss.
1: Really? Eh, I can understand
0: that. It's not like real travel. You don't get to stay anywhere or see anything. Like the most I saw of Atlanta was leaving that hotel and walking to the train station to get to the (laughs) airport.
1: This is Atlanta. <laughs> yeah,
0: it, this is Atlanta. That's exactly right. It's me trying to like feed I forget what it was. I had to get all these coins to get onto some train thing. I still have some of the coins. It's very irritating.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, I'm sure cuz it's just so fast-paced. It's just like overwhelming.
0: I wouldn't take an Uber.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm just I'm I'm not anti-Uber. I'm just I'm old. Yeah. And I don't want a stranger driving me around in their car.
1: (laughs) Anytime I have ever done it, I'm scared every time. I'm like, I wonder if this one is going to be a psycho.
0: (laughs) That's how I felt when I got to those people's houses. I was like, I wonder how this is going to go. But I didn't really feel that way. I'm just kidding. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's great. Like, I seriously am. It's just like I'm an adult and it feels like something adults don't do. But I guess that's (laughs) not even right. It's just I'm just old and I don't want to change. Uh, how I do things I would like a taxi I want to know who to blame when it goes wrong okay
1: right. I,
0: wanna, I, company, yeah. I want a company to sue <laughs> <laughs> your taxi yeah. guy touched me weird <laughs> I don't know does that happen I hope that doesn't happen Jeez. I
1: hope not oh my yeah.
0: gosh can you imagine no oh, that would be terrible okay <laughs> all right so we've done a great job here by we I so. mostly I mean you and um, I, I really enjoyed talking to you again it was it yeah. was really nice.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on and I'm glad you got Quincy and I confused and I'm glad that I could come on to share my side, but yeah. I'm glad he also got to be on.
0: I am too. I really am. And, uh, I, I, um, <laughs> I was going to say something, but now I'm not going to say it cause it feels wrong. So we're done. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bye. <laughs> no. huge thanks to Rachel for coming on the show and sharing her story with us and a nice remembrance of Quincy. I'd like to thank Touched by Type 1 for their support and remind you to go to touchedbytype1.org and find them on Instagram and Facebook. I also want to thank the Contour Next One blood glucose meter. Head over to contournext.com forward slash juice to learn more. The Contour Next one may be cheaper in cash than you're paying right now through your insurance. That's interesting, isn't it? There are links in the show notes of your podcast player and links at juiceboxpodcast.com to these and all of the sponsors. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.